Welcome to the Get to Vet podcast, where we bridge the knowledge gaps in the military transition process so you can focus on what's ahead. Hey, Get to Vet listeners, this is Mike. And now for my personal disclaimer, although I am active duty military, I'm not an official spokesperson of the United States Navy. Any of my views expressed on the Get to Vet podcast are based on my personal experience. Thanks for listening. All right, guys. I'm Trevor Maxwell. And I'm Mike Riggs. And, and I'm us, Matt Quick. Yeah. With us, we have Matt Quick. So uh, if you don't know him, uh, that surprises me. So Matt is uh, kind of a big deal, I think, on uh, especially on LinkedIn. Oh, come on. Don't shake your head. But uh, he chastised us last time for our beer selection and our terrible intro video. So we we decided to up our game. If anybody from Shinerbach is watching or listening to this, yes, you can sponsor us. Um, what are you drinking, Matt? See, mine's only a Michelob Ultra, so I'm watching my figure. Oh, okay. Yeah. I stayed consistent. I'm still drinking Coors Light. Yeah, what can I say? <laughs> as I'm, long I'm, as the mountains are blue, you're good. They are blue, yes. Yes, they are. We're good then. Yeah, well, there you go. This this is already turning out to be like a pretty typical veteran centric <laughs> podcast. I love it. But um, yeah, so Matt Matt does a, a great job on LinkedIn with with content and and connecting people. And you know, I I follow his stuff a lot. He has I I get a lot of ideas for how to you know kind of interact with people on LinkedIn from him. And so we wanted to bring him on the show and kind of talk a little bit about that and, and how you as a transitioning service member, uh, A, should definitely follow him and, you know, kind of take some, learn some lessons from him and his experiences and how to help yourself become successful uh, during your own transition. So Matt, I'll let you go ahead and uh, take it away there. Hey, Trevor, thanks for having me. And, uh, and Mike, it's good to be you here too. So if you can't see me, I'm wearing a, a really nice suit tonight that I, I want to bring on because I have a major award in the background. So those who can't see, you know, maybe we'll get it on, we'll get it on video one day. But hey, so, so I transitioned two years ago, almost to the day. One January 2019 is when I transitioned. Um, and it's been, it's been a ride. Um, but I'll tell you what, what saved my ass really was mentorship. And I can't, I can't, I can't say that enough about finding a mentor, finding three mentors, and make sure that they either have uh, transitioned successfully, or um, they're they're right they're either maybe a, a month or so ahead of you, but they've experienced it recently. I'm not sure how long my shelf life is in this military transition space, but as long as I'm here, I'm gonna have fun, Trevor. Yeah, well, I've I've had a good time. Um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time working around this space because like in my other business, that's, that's just who I like to work with. Right. I, and like you, you know, I transitioned in, uh, April, end of April, 2018. So I'm, I'm not that far ahead of you. Um, but I, I understand probably like you did too, like that was a very stressful time. And, you know, there's a lot that I didn't know. Um, and I didn't really know where to go to get information. And so, and as Mike's experiencing that right now, we thought like, Hey, what if, what if, you know, vets love to help other vets? Why don't we get other vets on here to talk about some of that stuff, um, that, when they went through transition. So what, uh, you know, what in particular for you, did you find difficult about transition? That's a good question. And, and each person may be different. So my story is not the typical one. 
because one day I did wake up um, and my family was dying off. My father-in-law was dying. My nephew was dying. Right there, I, I couldn't give 100% to my family and to the military. So I woke up one day, one morning, and I said to, the, I said to my wife, I said, I think it's time to retire. And, and she, she fully supported me um, because I traveled a lot in my job. I was always gone uh, around, around the country. It was a good job. Um, but she supported me. And when I came to work that morning, I brought my team together. There's five of them. I said, this is what I want to do. Um, so I need you all to step up and, and get things done. And they, they loved it. Um, they, they hated seeing me go, but it was time. I went upstairs and I saw um, my CSM at the time, CSM Grinston, the current SMA. And I said to him, I said, I, I'm, 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 I'm ready to retire. It, it was a surprise to everybody. But he sat me down, didn't try to talk me out of it. I was surprised. It's weird to me. No. Uh, but he, he gave me some advice. And he's a financial guy. I mean, he's got, I mean, he's good at finances. And I was good too, but I didn't know how good it was to, to not be in debt. Um, and besides mentorship, not being in debt, not owing people money or things money, that made my transition less, um, I guess, anxious and nervous. You mentioned yours was full of anxiety. Mine wasn't. Um, it felt good at 25 years to say, I'm good, I'm done. Uh, and, and having no debt really helped me not have to worry so much about getting a job. Um, and, and that's my quick two minute or three minute story about my transition. But again, uh, for me, Trevor, it, it wasn't um, full of anxiety or stress, but I do understand and appreciate how it can be. Yeah, thanks. That, that's, I, you know, the, the thing about that is it's different for everybody. And, you know, what you went through, I, you know, mine was a little, mine, mine was, I basically came back from a deployment and I had four months to get everything done. And wow. so, yeah, I had to cram it all in. That's why I talk a lot about timelines. And uh, what were you going to say, Mike? No, I'm just going to say that I'm at the 30 year mark. And it's one of those things where, you know, you're done when you know you're done. And uh, I used to sit there and wonder, you know, I used to have 20 year guys, you know, they would retire even at the E9 level. And I would think, man, you could go 10 more years. You're crazy. Why would you retire? But then at about the 27, 28 year mark in my career, I really started to feel like, yeah, it's time. And if they would have let me, I would have retired then. But due to the contracts, things like that, here I am creeping on the 30 year mark just to fulfill the contract. But um, like you said, uh, the fact that, you know, I'll have the pension is going to be up there at the 75% and the, uh, the VA rating is probably going to be pretty robust. Thanks to a lot of time spent in special operations. Uh, that is a great part about it that the, the military and the VA is going to take pretty good care of me. And the fact that I don't have hardly any debt other than a mortgage that I owe, uh, and that's fantastic. On my part, there is the anxiety of, I still want to do something and because uh, I'll go nuts. I, I'll, they'll have to lock me up in an institution. If I don't, if I don't do something when, when I, when I retire from the military transition. Uh, so it's really having been doing this for 30 years is a pretty long time. You know, my entire adult life since the age of 19 has been spent doing, has been in the military at, a, you know, it's, other than electronics doing a very specific skill set of explosive ordnance disposal. And then 
wondering where those skill sets translate not specifically explosive ordnance disposal i know that i know i don't want to do that anymore because i felt like i've given them enough chances to kill me so i want to do something different um but where where do i fit in and where what what part of industry we're at in that industry what industries are out there i mean it's i i feel like i'm i'm doing a night jump with my eyes closed you know it's it's that that part of the anxiety is is there for me and that's just it's the ignorance of the unknown really and, and that's what i'm feeling right now and that's common to feel you know I, I don't discount anyone's anxiety actually what i do right now is i actually help people lessen their anxiety just by giving a few tips a week or a day or having a phone conversation these things are huge because like you said the fear of the unknown is really the biggest thing we only transitioned typically one time. I did it twice in the Marine Corps because I couldn't hack it. So I did it twice, but I don't remember what happened 25 years ago in the Marine Corps. I just, I was a young kid and I said, just got out and I was, I was going to figure things out. But yes, absolutely. Anxiety and stress is a real thing. And this is why I work with companies I work with now to, to lessen that anxiety just so them and their families can can transition successfully and that's my goal yeah can you can you talk a little bit about it i see you got the sign back there um but can so you... absolutely trevor so on one side i have my major award and if yep. you can see this podcast you'll see my major award it's italian it's italian so on my left um so so higher military so let me tell you sort of how that worked out real fast my mentor which i owe most of my credit for for transitioning successfully told me called me one day and he was in the D.C. area. He says, hey, Mike Quinn is going to be down at Fort Bragg giving a LinkedIn uh, mastering LinkedIn seminar. I'm like, cool. I don't care about LinkedIn too much. I have, I have an account. Had it for six years. Um, I never used it like everybody else. I had an account. It's like having a hammer and never using it, using your forehead to drive nails in the, in the wood. But for me, I said, you know what? My mentor said do it. So I don't want any repercussions from that because he outranked me by – a couple of years. So I went and sat for the class um, and it was one of the, I guess the most inspiring classes I ever went through for transition because it wasn't about things I needed to do um, like a timeline, which are important. This is more actionable steps on how to network effectively because we're leaving the military. We have nothing. So I get his class. Um, at, at the end, we talk. He says, I'm building a company called Hire Military. I'm like, that sounds great. For me, I built a company in the military. It was a retention website that I built for the last 15 years at that point. So I said, I like building things. Um, and what he meant by that was he wanted myself, uh, Chris Thorne, to come in his company and build it from scratch, which we've been doing now for the past two in almost a half years. When I say it's successful, that's not monetarily successful. The success we have in higher military is easing that transition-related stress and anxiety and getting transitioning veterans into DOD skill bridge or career skill uh, programs to get internships, fellowships, training that leads to what's called meaningful employment. That way, when you leave the military, you spend let's say the, a four month mark or four months of your, your final six months in an internship that leads to a job. That's a huge thing. That's a four month interview that you have as a 
transitioning veteran and a company has for you four months of, of really feeling each other out and finding out what you want to do. The worst case scenario of a DOD skill bridge opportunity is you figure out what you don't want to do. No harm, no foul. So it costs you absolutely nothing to get involved in this. And companies like myself or hire military, hiring our heroes, we're there to support the transition veteran. And this is, this is my, my full-time job for the past two and a half years. And I absolutely love it. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, you're kind of like me where, you know, it sounds like you took the, I'm going to pursue, you know, purpose over, you know, money. Um, that's something that I talk a lot about, especially when I do coaching. Um, but, you know, that, that just happens. Like lots of people get out and they just take the first thing that they can do. And then, you know, six months later, they're in a job that they hate. And I think something that a lot of people have a hard time grasping when they get out of the military is if you're in a job that you don't like, guess what? You can quit now. <laughs> you can go seek life elsewhere. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's that's something it, it takes a while for them to get. So what uh, as far as like the military transition process, like what were some of the things that you thought were helpful and maybe some of the things that you thought should be improved on? And before we get into that, Trevor, you, you brought up a good point there with the, um, the profits over purpose. So veterans, they, they, they leave some, not all, leave the military thinking they should really earn six figures. That's put into our heads um, at some of these transition centers that, you, that you're valued. The one thing they don't say is how to get that value. Friends of mine, he was leaving the military and um, he left the military and got a director of a recruiting job. He was making 150 a year and he was on transition leave. So for four months, he double dipped, was making the military pay as a retiring sergeant major. And he was um, getting 150 a year in this other job. A part of me was like, my God, how do I do that? <laughs> and he was selling us like, this is the best job ever. And I, I love it. I'm making so much money. You know, I get paid twice a month. Retirees get paid once a month. He got paid twice a month um, by his job and by the military. And he was loving it. So we talked and he was, you know, it was a small, it was like a, a, um, duty contracting. Within three months, he called it quits. The stress, it, it, the stress of, the, of the daily grind of that job, he didn't need it anymore. He was retired, Sergeant Major, fully uh, VA disability, 100%. He didn't need that anymore. That's why I try to tell people when they leave the military, find what you want to do, not what you have to do. Um, and I, I'm sorry, Trevor, you asked that question. I got on a tangent right there, but I think yeah, that was... Yeah, that's good. Those, those points have to be made. For me, and I'll tell you this, this may air afterwards, but my finance Friday for one January of this year, my two-year retirement mark... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release how much I made in 2019 and 2020. And people will be surprised the amount of money I didn't make in those two years. But I'll tell you what, I'm happy. Yeah. I, I was telling Mike this, I think, in one of our other recordings, that, you know, the amount of money I made my first two years out of the outside of the Navy. Uh, it, it wasn't that much, but I think if you listen to the other podcasts, you, you'll hear it, but guess what? I'm, I'm way happier than a lot of people that I know that went and took those $200,000, uh, 
uh, manager positions at Amazon because, <laughs> you know, they, they're, they're working for it. So. And you grinded for years. You don't need that, but it's, it's a good feeling to not have to work. But like Mike, you said, you'll want to work. And there is so much purpose out here, especially when you, when you work with transition veterans, military spouses, the community, they need us just to share experiences and, and talk to a conversation. And Trevor, to your point, you mentioned uh, about some tips or, or how, well, how I was successful getting out. And, and I share tips once in a while, but I always go back to my number one is always finding a mentor. One, two, three mentors. Um, networking. And that networking isn't sending a, a LinkedIn request saying, hey, look at my resume. That is the opposite of networking. Networking is kind of like you meet somebody for the first time, a significant other, and you get to know that person over time. And then after some time, you know what, this is the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. And you know, let's be partners for the rest of our lives. That's networking. Sending those, those requests or sending those res resumes, that's like meeting someone for the first time and saying, let's get married. It may happen. But more especially, likely than not. especially the guys at, at Fort Bragg. Well, there, there's, yes, there's plenty of those guys here. And, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. It's the same uh, here at Norfolk. Yeah, there's, you know, that's, that's a large military base for Navy, but this is one of the large one for the Army. And there's always stories down here to tell. <laughs> but yeah. the next, like, leveraging LinkedIn is, is so um, important. And one of the things that, that people don't or people forget to do when they leave the military is protecting their family. And I, I talk about this every Friday or every other Friday is really life insurance. You know, I, I was in the shower today thinking of, of things to post on LinkedIn because that's how weird I am. Um, so I'm taking notes on my watch. Hey, Siri, take a note. So one of my next posts will be about life insurance in the military, how an E1 and an O10 all have the exact ex exact life insurance for the military, SGLI, $400,000 for a private, for E1 to an E4. It's a lot of money for a general officer. It may not be, even a sergeant major. But talk to a financial professional before you get out, but before, especially as before you actually get into the VA disability process. Yeah. Once you're in that process, that can increase your premiums dramatically. That's, you know, I, I, working in that space, like those are kind of the, the two big issues I work around are SBP and, and TSP, like in my, in my other job, but I, I get that. I was in that same boat. I was lucky enough to get qualified before I got out and, um, you, you know, cause it's, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, the, the government cheese is free, but <laughs> it doesn't really taste that good, you know? Not so it's, it, and it's, it's important too, like, like you said, cause you always post that stuff, your, your finance Fridays. It's, there's a lot more to it than just saying like, oh, I, I think I need this much, right? There's, yeah. there's actually some, some, a process behind planning for that stuff and figuring out how much you need. And it's a lot of it's dependent on your, um, the, the two big things I always tell people, like, what are your goals and your circumstances? Um, so that's good that you, you hit on that. And I see you talk about that a lot. And I think that's good that, you know, all those people see that. Now, what I do, Trevor, I don't, I don't give advice because that's, yeah. listen, I'm not a professional. I raise the conversation and I yeah. share my experiences, good or bad. One time I shared experience about um, 
foreclosing on a house. People are like, why would you share that? That's who I am. It's, it's what I did in the past, but that was during BRAC and two bases around Atlanta were closing down. I, I, hey, that's circumstances right there. Yeah, I, I think that brings up another uh, good thing that I, uh, you know, is really important too when you're when you're putting your personal brand out there is that authenticity piece. Um, you, you know, we try to we're Mike and I were talking about this. We're like, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll try to not to use too many bad words on here, but every once in a while, it's, they, it's slip, gonna, they slip. It's going to slip out. So, but I think uh, a lot of people that I work with, they they like that because they're like, this guy's not wearing a suit and tie, and he's, you know, he drops a lot of f bombs when he's talking about stuff. And, well, you're not wearing a tie, so I will never wear a tie. I mean, only maybe my funeral I'll wear a tie, but that's a, that's someone else's though, not mine. <laughs> yeah. So. My wife teaches at a university, and she she chastised me. She said, "You cannot curse on that podcast." And I'm like, "We're military, though. We're speaking to military primarily." They it's get expected. That. Yes. If People I didn't, think- if I didn't drop something every now and then, they would think I'm a fake. Somebody would be looking they, they try to be digging dirt on me or something trying to you know uh, yeah. here, i'll throw some in here right now they'd be like this <laughs> asshole was not in the military <laughs> exactly exactly there just yeah but i, I, I want to go back just a little bit to the piece about the the life insurance and that was one of the things that frustrated me when that came up in the tap class it, it i feel like that dog didn't get walked very far at all and you know and we discussed this previously on another episode, but they, they do the best they can with the resources that they have. And some very dedicated people that, that do the tap classes and they can only sometimes go an inch or two deep on a lot of this stuff. But I felt like that was sold as uh, the end all be all solution to the, the broad audience that was on there. And I did it during COVID and I did it in September and that was the week, I think, prior to Trevor and I having way too many beers and Buffalo Wild Wings and kicking this whole idea off. But that was one of the more frustrating things that I felt having, you know, known Trevor and we've discussed this at length about the 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 the, the fact that there are a lot more options out there. And when I finally did get to that class, and then I saw the way the way it was presented, the way it was briefed, that really frustrated me. And I thought that there should have been a lot less bias in the presentation. And I thought there should have been a lot more education, broad stroke across what's really available out there. And the other thing was the TRICARE piece, because I was in a completely, uh, it was all retirees and there was no one there that attended for TRICARE whatsoever. And that was, wow. uh, that was quite disappointing because that's a huge piece. I mean, I've known folks that have retired years ago that said if they had the option or if they were told they had to give up one thing, their pension or their TRICARE, they had to give up one of the two. They said they would give up their pension before they would give up their TRICARE, hands down. So wow. that's interesting. I mean, that says something about it. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Matt, I wanted to ask you, too, something else that you were you were talking about. I know there's more information being put out there about it. It's got more visibility than it did even two years ago. But DOD SkillBridge... I think is one thing that the military definitely did right uh, in terms of helping people get ready for transition. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit more about that? So, yes. Um, so Chris Thorne, he is, he is in a master of DOD skill bridge. So if I say something wrong and he hears this, 
Um, I'll get chastised by him, but I'm going to give it a shot though. The reason why DOD skill bridge came about was after the, after the surge, I think 2009 or 11, I think it was after the surge and the downsizing of the military, um, the military was spending about a billion dollars a year on unemployment. So once someone leaves the military, they pay unemployment for over six months. Someone smart in the Pentagon, there's a bunch of them there. I worked there for three years, a bunch of them. I wasn't one of them. A bunch, someone smart says, you know what? Instead of giving them six months of pay for free on the way out or on the way after the military, let's give them six months to find a job while in the military, whether that be through an internship, a fellowship, or training. Set them up for success on the way out. So the DOD skill bridge was, was evolved. And now I think the military pays about three hundred to two fifty hundred thousand dollars, hundred million dollars a year on unemployment from one billion. So it's working. What it does is during your six months of military, your final six months of military service, a a qualified person, let's say you got honorable discharge, you've been in for a certain amount of time, you can get a internship with a company, local, remote your choice um, or use a service. You can do it by yourself or you can use a service like hire military or hire heroes, great services out there. You, you can train with that company for, it's up to six months, but we know most command teams won't allow the people to go for the full time and there's leave involved. So we're seeing three to four months is really what it's, it's coming out to. But the success rate, success rate of the program, hire military is, is post internships 95 percent of our people are getting hired by the companies they're working with and we have some solutions consultants which really they, they teach you a software to learn to and then you train the software you can do human capital with the software there's plenty of things you can do whatever you want to do we have skilled tradesmen john deere is is a partner now you can work with john deere you can work with anybody you want to lowe's has a great program there's so many programs out there. The key is get educated in the program now, let's say at least a year out, if not two years out, and form your command team about what the DOD skill bridge is um, and get involved. But the final piece of that puzzle, put your request in writing. A commander is less apt to say no if they have to explain themselves about why they're saying no. Put it in writing and but DOD skill bridge again, internships, fellowships, training, um, onward opportunity. They offer free certifications for, let's say, PMP, uh, HR certificates, CompTIA, those IT certificate certificates. Plenty of opportunities. Get involved and and totally utilize the DOD skill bridge program. If you don't and you fail, we're still here for you though. Yeah, I'll help you out still. No, that's that's good. And you were just talking about something. This is a question that I've had for a lot of people because opinions vary on it, but what's your take on uh, degrees over professional certifications? Honestly, the only reason I got a, a, a four-year degree, bachelor's degree, was because I wanted to compete for sergeant major. Mine, a general studies degree. It means nothing in the outside world to the jobs I want to do. A degree is great if you go into that specialized field. I'm not sure of a specialized field that requires a general studies degree though. Yeah. But when it comes to certifications, I look at certifications as your new rank when you get out. 
for instance, the HR. I'm an HR guy. I've been in HR for 25 years now. But it's military HR. I left this art major. And my rank, if I wanted to get an HR, could have been associate, PHR, PHR, or SPHR. And those are just really levels of certifications. And it gets your foot in the door to a job. Because most job announcements say, hey, this is what you're required. This are our requirements. And these are our preferred qualifications. So for my jobs I was interviewing for, they were, they were requiring a master's degree or they required a bachelor's. The master's were more um, recommendations or preferred, but the SPHR was a requirement. I didn't have that. I couldn't apply or I could apply, but I'm wasting their time. So certs are very good, very valuable when you get out. PMP, people look at that as the gold standard. It's a great certification, but it's not going to guarantee you a job. Networking really puts, any, puts everything else to shame. Your resume, your search, nothing matters more than networking if you want your next career. Yeah. I can tell you, you know, for me, like just going out and building relationships with a lot of people out there and even if it's something I can't help somebody with, I might know somebody and that, you know, just really helps strengthen that relationship when you're, if you, if you can be truly altruistic and say like, Hey, you know what? I, I can't help you with that, but here's somebody who can, let me introduce you. So the, the best way to do that is to go out and, you know, don't be afraid to go out and meet people. You know, that's something that I didn't really have a problem with. I was able to go out and just make a whole bunch of friends in different industries and things like that. And I think broadening that horizon, um, you, you know, uh, what was the old saying? Like you never learn how to swim if you stay in the shallow end of the pool your whole life. That's true. Um, so I tell people that like, you know, that's why I, I was a bomb tech and now I'm, you know, working in financial services. Those are two completely different sets of skills, but this will bring me on to the next thing I wanted to ask you about. What's your take on, uh, hard skills versus soft skills. Hard skills are required. I mean, that's that's if, if you have your if you have your resume done right and it shows your hard skills, but your soft skills will really get you that job. That's your personality. That's that's how you work with a team. For like, let's let's say um, cybersecurity. You can't get in cybersecurity if you're not qualified. You didn't go to school, but you may not get that job if you don't fit in their culture. And their culture could be different. Their culture could be a bunch of introverts. If you're if you're you know extrovert, you may not fit in the culture. You have to know that organization's culture, and that's brought into informational interviews. Um, but hard and soft skills, listen, they're both important. But don't discount your soft skills because sometimes that personality during the interview or during when people see you, the exposure that may land you more opportunities than your hard skills because it's really who you are. Yeah, I've I've actually met a lot of vets who have said, like, I went to go interview for this job. And they said, hey, we don't, we don't think you're a good fit for this particular job, but we were so impressed with just you as a person that we're creating a brand new position for you. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that, that have had that happen to them. And, you know, it's, it's going to depend on who you talk to. Some people will say, yes, I know there are a lot of jobs out there where it's like, yes, you need these hard skills. But, you know, there's some out there will say, I can teach you everything you need to know in a few months. <laughs> They're like, you're I, already a qualified yeah. candidate. Why not yeah. hire you for a job and, and maybe fit you in that job eventually? And I, yeah, I think a lot of military people, 
when they're transitioning out, don't put enough value on that. You know, Hey dude, I can, I can be somewhere at a designated time. <laughs> you know, I could be there ready to work. Uh, I can work late. I can work with people. Uh, just stuff that we had to do in the military. <laughs> and, um, you know, people don't put enough value on that. And I, I tell them like, yeah, focus on that. Like put emphasis on that because I, that's kind of the way I always viewed it is like, Hey, hard skills will get you the interview. Soft skills will get you the job. Oh, definitely. And, and, and when it comes to that, so when you get a job, so you spent 20 years in military or 10 or whatever it is, 30 years, Mike, when you spend all time in the military, you, you become accustomed to that culture and you leave the military. Remember, only about 1% of the population ever serves or knows people that serve the military. The other 99%, they don't understand it. So when you come in there and you're so rigid and you're so, you know, so on time and it, all that is great for the military, but it's more relaxed in, in a lot of civilian jobs. So don't come in there, yes sir, no sir, hands behind your back, you know, don't do that. That scares people. What is the robot? I don't want to hire a robot. Be, have a personality and there are introverts out there that that say that i don't have a personality listen i don't like the attention um and people are like well you're always on linkedin i'm behind a screen t typing but i do get out there i chew i do make myself get out there and, and really network and really get out of my shell you can do it too find a mentor that can help you out because once you're out there it feels pretty good sometimes. Absolutely agree. I guess, Mike. What about you? Do you got any uh, any input on that? Oh, just get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, I love that line. It, it's so true. I, I think that's well. You know, to me, it's kind of like uh, what is that? Adversity. Uh, you know, doesn't build character; it reveals it. Like that's one of the ones you hear the the that famous uh, motivational speakers that. <laughs> belong to certain units um, say all the time, like, yeah, <laughs> doesn't build character, it reveals it, but it's true. Like it's, it that's how we always knew, like, you know, when we're, things aren't going well and you, you see certain people react a certain way, then you kind of look at them like, can I really count on that person as much as I thought I could? So <laughs> yeah, everybody's great when things are going good. Um, but I think it's, you know, when things aren't going well, that you really kind of see what somebody's made of. So that's like in team sports, winning yeah. cures everything. Losing reveals a lot. Yep. Look at the, I mean, look at the Rams <laughs> after, after they lost to the jets last night. Did they fire anyone for that team yesterday? I don't know. They, they deserve it. If, if you lose the 0 and 13 jets, you deserve to be fired. Somebody does. Uh, they're one in 13 now. So <laughs> they are, and they went from the first pick to the second pick, Yeah, which they can't even lose. Right. I, listen, I'm a Giants fan. I, yeah. I could never be a Jets fan, but I feel for those people. So who's, who's, uh, who's got the first pick now? That's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, okay. Potentially. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sorry, if Garner. Both, if they both lose out, Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jaguars probably. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. I think Mike and I would both like to see him go to Pittsburgh, but uh, Big Ben's coming back next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matt, I got to, uh, I, I really appreciate you taking time to chat with us today, but um, I, I always wanted to ask everybody that comes on here, tell me a funny story about when you were in the military. Oh my goodness. All right. I, I have, I have one story I share now, but it's not really in the military, but it's, it's a funny story. 
when I, when I tell people that I'm a Marine, so I spent, so I was a bad kid. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't your typical kid raised on, I was raised right. I just strayed from that, that path. So I joined the, the Marine Corps because I needed a good foundation. I knew it. It was that bad. But I left the Marine Corps after four years so I can improve the Army. That's what I tell people. So I spent four years in the Marine Corps, got a good foundation. I came to the Army to improve it. When I, when, I, when I talk to Marines now, they say, well, prove that you were a Marine. I'm a 214. I, so I say, well, I, I can't prove it because I don't have a tattoo. And I'm on my first marriage for the Marine Corps. So for them, you're like, no, there's no way you're a Marine. So I'm not sure how I can actually, I may have to get a tattoo soon, Trevor. Um, just an yeah. eagle of an anchor to prove that I was a Marine. But that, that's one of those stories that, you know, uh, listen, I'm, I'm comfortable telling because who I am. I didn't get tattooed because truth be told, I'm not a needle guy. I hate needles. And the thought of those needles going to my body over and over again made no sense to me. But let me think of a good story real fast. I'm sure there's plenty because I, the I wasn't the best person um, growing up. Well, I tell you what, you're in good company right now because <laughs> very. Mike and I have worked closely together over the years, and we can both vouch for each other's. Um, what would be a good word for that, Mike? Mischief. Yes. Yeah. I was Trevor's first chief in EOD, so. Oh yeah. wow! Some of these are due to to, to his followership. <laughs> so could you guys write a book about your experiences together? Oh God, yes! I could yes. write a book about our night we had porch beers, and <laughs> it was uh, something like The Hangover. Yes, <laughs> minus the tiger, but that yeah, no be, tigers wouldn't wouldn't have been a surprise, and no tattoos either, right? No, I I haven't gotten a tattoo in a few years. I haven't got one in like forty years, so oh, well, I'm there good. you go. <laughs> I'm not sure of a story, Trevor. I, I wish I'd known that earlier. I'm not sure of a, a good actual story because yeah, I was always a nerd working. Well, we definitely, I, I definitely want to have you back on again uh, down the road. So think of one for the next time. But, uh, what you know, if you were to give somebody one piece of advice who's transitioning out, what would you tell them? Network. Start early. Yeah. You, you have to. Network is not an overnight thing. It evolves over time. And if you have any question on networking, please reach out to me. I will get you in the, the best space possible um, to, to make your transition successful. Whatever that is defined by you, I'll help you out. Nice. And where, where's the best spot for people to get a hold of you? Always on LinkedIn. Um, I don't have an OnlyFans yet, but I'll be on LinkedIn to, to check me out. There. <laughs> Hopefully someone got that joke because I worked on it all day. <laughs> No, but LinkedIn, hey, listen, Matt, quick on LinkedIn uh, with the higher military team. We're there to help you out, transition. Um, everybody will help out. Even though the, the Coast Guard can't yet do DOD skill bridge, we'll still help you out. And when the Space Force Guardians are ready to transition, we'll be there for you. Well, Matt, hey, I can't thank you enough for coming on here. Um, it's, it's been awesome chatting with you. Um, I you know appreciate you getting all dressed up for us. I got dressed up too. Um, I appreciate that. Tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That award is just fantastic. So. <laughs> 
But yeah, thanks again so much. And if you if you haven't yet, go ahead and look up Matt on LinkedIn. Connect with him as soon as you can. Uh, he's got a lot of good stuff on there, and I know he's always willing to help somebody out. So feel free to you know send him a message, and and I know he'll get back to you because he always gets back to me. So thanks, thanks a lot, Jeff. Matt. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. We'll definitely be in touch. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for listening to the Get to Vet podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and follow us on LinkedIn. If you'd like to come on the show, email us at Mike or Trevor at gettovet.net. That's get the number two vet.net. And let us help you get to vet.